How much time do you want for your progress? progress, progress. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Clatter Chatter on Things That Matter, the podcast that is intellectually engaging, theologically reflecting, encouraging sociologically, imagining ways in which we can live. Thank you for spending this short amount of time with us. We promise you that you will not regret a moment of it. Shout out to Trevor Smith and B.J. Herbert for commissioning this fantastic music to get our minds going on things eternal, positive, and fulfilling life's purposes. Today is September the 2nd, 2021. There's so much going on um, that I want us to just give a thought to. Um, Dr. Hayes, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Good afternoon. Wonderful. I want to, uh, gosh, the second day of September 2021, um, this is an interesting topic I think we'll talk about today. We're going to talk about theophanies. And I want to um, just just play something. Uh, I also want to acknowledge the fact that the uh, U.S. Supreme Court voted 5-4 to allow the restrictive uh, uh, law that Texas passed um, restricting a woman's choice. So there's that. And also to acknowledge that uh, the grand jury return charges to the young man, Elijah McLean, who was brutally killed in 2019. And, and then uh, there's just so much hovering in the, in the atmosphere. But I want to just talk about, you know, we had, since last we met, we had Hurricane Ida that blew an incredible blow uh, uh, to uh, our, the south. And it's wreaking havoc on the Northeast. And this is what I want to play before we have our conversation about theophanies, theophanies. Here we go. Begin with the extreme weather that's here in the Northeast now being slammed by what's left of Hurricane Ida. The system is currently over New England after cutting a destructive path affecting at least 57 million people. In New York, the entire subway system was shut down due to flooding and many drivers were trapped in their cars. At least 10 people were killed across the area. In some breaking news, United Airlines has suspended service at Newark's airport due to the conditions there. The system also spun off multiple tornadoes, including this one in Bristol, Pennsylvania. Mola Lange is in Middlesex, New Jersey. Mola, what are you seeing this morning? Good morning. Well, good morning, Vlad. Yeah, Middlesex, New Jersey, where nearby Bound Brook flooded overnight, creating this mess that you see here behind me. As you can see, the roads impassable. Authorities have it uh, shut down. Nearby homes had to be evacuated this morning and overnight. But really, no matter where you were in the Northeast in the last 24 hours or so, you likely got clobbered by some sort of severe weather between the flooding and the tornado damage. Statistically, in the New York City area, this type of rain happens only once every 200 years. The storm sent water pouring into New York City subways overnight, forcing all trains to stop. Oh, my God. 
Rain flooded the streets, reaching some car windows. Dr. Hayes, this is some crazy times in which we are living. I I just don't understand um, so much that is going on. Um, and, and even, even I, I need to also mention that there was a, a, a deadly school shooting that took place in Wisdom Salem, North Carolina. And, and we know, um, I, I don't want to be one of those people who, uh, like those ant- in the antiquity time to say, you know, um, what is God saying and to try to explain it. But I do want to have this conversation about theophanies. Um, Theo is God. And then this, this whole, um, this whole leaning towards God's movement in the earth in terms of explaining natural, uh, events. And, um, so what do you think? Well, I was wait. I was waiting to hear what you said. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I don't really subscribe to to that simplistic understanding of God's activity and presence in the earth. Uh, I think that God has chosen to dwell within humankind, and most of the manifestations we see will come through that that reservoir through the human personality and that's why I'm concerned that humanity has seemingly lost its first love that instead of loving the things of God which are all about love and fairness or justice but we seem to have lost sight of that in, in many ways. And um, I'm not sure what will bring us back if these catastrophes don't. And I think that when we're faced with our own sins, so to speak, uh, with our own negligence of what has been entrusted to us called the planet Earth, All of creativity has been put in our care. And we have seemingly abused it to the degree that we're in the death row of creation and things of earth. It's a sad time, but it's never too late to do the right thing. My hope and my prayer is that these catastrophes will push us more and more towards one another, helping one another, loving one another, uh, valuing human relationships over things. And I think when all of the things that we have idolized come to an end, we, we will turn our view back to each other that's that's where i see it going okay i i um i i appreciate this my mind is 
is in in so many places um, this morning and well this afternoon and I I just want to for those who are listening um, to just reiterate the tenet of today's conversation is around this idea of of theophanies and as you were saying you see God is incarnate uh, within each human and that is so so very true we are the essence uh, uh, of God who and God who is spirit. The theophany is uh, defined as a visible manifestation to humankind of the big G-O-D or a little G-O-D. And from this biblical uh, historical context, uh, theophany is from this Greek word uh, theophania, uh, which means appearance of God. And... um, there in 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 the in the Bible, if I recall, um, there were these uh, these theophanies that were this that appeared to be temporary or sudden. These temporary or sudden appearances of God, um, and and there was never this enduring presence in a particular place or in a particular object. And so this temporary, so an example of that is uh, we always go to Mount Sinai when Moses um, saw the appearance of a burning bush that was not consumed. And so one could equate that as a theophany, temporary. It didn't last forever. It was sudden, the sudden appearance of of G-O-D, a big G-O-D. And so... And, and and sometimes we there's so many, uh, especially those who are limited, would say certain natural disasters are a result of maybe uh, humans inhumanity to humans. Um, I know the old phrase is man's inhumanity to man, but let's be quite inclusive with our language: humans in in humanity towards other humans. Um, but what is what is actually the how do we stand in the space with nature as humans? How do we humbly submit ourselves to this power that's inexplicable, that's much greater than us? Is is nature um, trying to sh- say something that we have to humans have to somehow coexist? and not commandeer or engage in hegemonic practices of, of of dominating nature. For example, I think it was you who said that you saw, you had seen a newscast where down in uh, New Orleans, or I, I believe somewhere in Louisiana, the power lines were floating in the Mississippi River. That image is pretty powerful. I didn't see the story, but it but it arrested my soul to think human power lines were were powerless when nature rose up. Is that a te- theophany? Probably not. But somehow we have to see a visible manifestation of God's presence in each other. And we're missing that, I believe. What was that show, Touched by an Angel? I think the theme song, it was, What if God is in one of us? So so let me hear yeah. from you, Dr. Hayes. Well, 
you know, and I, I think the, <clears throat> the the interconnectivity has to not only be uh, between human beings, but it also has to be between humankind and the rest of creation. And this, you know, this takes me back to the original understanding of all that has been created by God. And the one thing that stands out above everything is that it's orderly. That everything was created in that creation story to support whatever comes afterwards. Uh, it's just case in point talks about the, the light. The light is the first thing that was called into being. And the light was duly separated between the day and the night. And, and the difference between the kind of light that is, that is cast depending upon what the need of the rest of creation might be. Uh, and the interrelationship between the human being and the animal kingdom and how the human being uh, were connected to the animals in the naming because naming implies relationality that when I name something that connects us and and then uh, the, the whole thing of us going forward and subduing in other words subdue I, I don't I never Quite like the word subdue, uh, but I suppose it, it. I suppose what it really means is that come to know, come to know all of creation, and and to, to know in the intimate way, uh, in the way that we get to know something or someone because we desire. To know, uh, not for the purpose of uh, overtaking or abusing, but for the purpose of relationship. I mean, I could get real deep, I guess, but that's that's the way I see it. That's the way I understand it. And if I don't understand it that way, then it never makes sense to me. Uh, and I think what we've done is lost sight of our connection and our relationship to all of creation and our responsibility to care for that which is weaker, for that which is necessary uh, for our completion. I think, you know, we recognize that we could not, we could not exist nor continue to exist without the rest of creation. Suppose there was no light. Suppose there was no vegetation. Suppose there were no animal kingdoms to keep the balance of nature. I mean, you could suppose, you know, there were no rivers. Uh, suppose there were no trees. I, I, I mean, how can we ever even imagine existence without the creation 
within which we have been placed. Am I am I making any sense? Yeah, you're you're making um, great sense, and um, you know how how I, I think what made humans think that we perhaps were greater than all the others when we are codependent on each, even even the ethical treatment of animals that we consume for nourishment, even the space in which the grounds that our feet, that we come from the earth and we return to the earth, it's this whole circle of life thing. How can we not care about the groaning of, of Mother Nature um, and Mother Earth uh, to hear us, that we can hear. And, and I'm, you know, with the fires in, in the West and the, the unprecedented floodings and um, people that are, are being overwhelmed and consumed by the raging floods and, and, and then you have COVID-19, 20, 21, whatever other variants that we might have. You still have politicians playing political games with women's rights and choices over their own reproductive organs to where um, uh, price gouging and, and everything is, is, is taken over. And, and yet there's hope because... As as we commemorate the twentieth uh, anniversary of um, September eleventh, uh, two thousand one, there's a book um, that my nephew uh, Chandler's class called the Scholastic uh, Kids um, wrote, and that book was entitled September twelfth. We knew everything would be all right because even though September eleventh happened, September twelfth did too. And um, and that but there's always hope. And and I'm wondering if we could pay attention to the changes in the climate to make the necessary changes that we need to still live. With everybody, and I'm not just talking about the climate changes in the ecology, but the climate changes within our hearts. Within our souls. Well, I think I, I think in so many ways because we have gotten off track. I'll just put it that way. We we ignore uh, the fact of our connection with other human beings, in that we have sought to control one another dictate to one another, promote this idea of sameness. I hate sameness because God did not create sameness. God created uniqueness. And in 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 the interconnectivity, there is always uniqueness. That's the wonder of God that we are the same, yet we are all different. But we, we exist by that same spirit, by that same breath, 
everything that's living lives because of that breath. And so when our, our, uh, our religious ideologies cause us to abuse one another, I have to question where is that, where is that image of God coming from? Because surely that is not the God of creation. Amen. I totally agree with that. I want to go back to correct myself when I said the theme song to the show Touched by an Angel. It was actually the show Joan of, of Arcadia uh, that ran on CBS. Um, that was the theme song to What If God Is One of Us. And God is one of us. That doesn't mean God is in us, but that doesn't mean that we are God, even though we've been created in the image of God. And I think that sometimes we get it all confused and twisted up because we have either a Messiah complex, think that we can save everybody, or we think that we have certainly been the one who have um, uh, granted the, the freedom uh, to everybody so that we would be be beholding to each other. Does that make sense, Dr. Hayes? That I need you to bow down to me because I'm all of that and a bag of chips. Now, but why? It's power. That's my question. It all goes back to power. Well, Jesus said we are not to lord over each other, that the power is not given to control each other. The power is given for possibility's sake, for creativity, for appreciation of what is. But none of us, you know, um, God doesn't even exert power over us. God gives power to us shares power with us. Um, and I think this image that has been painted of God as some dominating force is altogether wrong. And I think that's, that's because we create God in our image. And God in our image is always seeking power over, destroying abusing all of those words that you can think of that imply negating the value of each individual human being, everything else that is in creation. Everything has its value. And when we seek to diminish that value, then we have become destructive. And we have lost sight of our potential for creativity. I think the, um, I go back to being on the Masamara, Maasai village, and seeing in Kenya, and between Kenya and Tanzania, and um, seeing the Maasai uh, folks known as the eighth wonder of the world because um, 
they're the pastorists. They they walk amongst the lions and and not are and are not afraid. Literally walking uh, amongst the lions, and they wear these bright colors, not camouflage. They wear red and orange, real real bright colors. And I remember asking the question, "Why are they walking around in red?" Um, and and the the one of the tour guides had said on the safari had said, "Well." Lions are afraid of red. They run from red. And so the Messiah folks can walk amongst the lions and they're red and, and, and the lions will, will go on. Well, everybody knows, and I find this kind of interesting too, that folks call the lions the king of the jungle because they roar, but it's really the lioness that runs the show. <laughs> the lioness is the one who goes out and hunts the prey. To feed the family, the lion uh, looks good with the long mane. That's that mane is to attract the lioness, but it's the lioness in the animal kingdom that has the greater power. That's a whole another conversation. But in this yeah. whole understanding of the circle of life, is is uh, is this that that when the lioness goes out to to prepare to feed her children and the the king, the lion king. Uh, who's just sitting there to be pretty, she comes back, and whatever that the lioness and her family don't consume, then you have the hyenas and the other animals that come, and, and at the end, it's the, it's the buzzards and the vultures that take the remaining, and the rest goes back into the earth, and the circle of life continues there's great yeah. power uh, yeah. in, in understanding that. And I remember in the, at the Serengeti and seeing the great migration of the wildebeest and just thinking there's so many wildebeest. There's so many zebras, much more than the lions or the lionesses, even the water buffalo. There were much more. So why can't the wildebeest just overtake the lions? And the guy was like, well, the wildebeest knows their role in this circle of life. And, uh, and every year at the Serengeti for the Great Migration, they do the same thing. It's the circle of life. But it's a whole new generation of wildebeest because some did not make it through the crossing. And so there is this understanding. And, and as we say, we, we have to stay in our lane. And sometimes we as human need to, humans need to understand what our lane is, what our purpose is, what our lot in life is, that we have to humbly submit ourselves to something that is so transcendent and much greater than any of us. And, and how do we not want to just bow down and realize that we are just, we're not as powerful as we think we are. Because if we were, we would cause all kinds of calamity in the lives of others. People we don't like, whatever that is. But, but somehow, I guess my prayer is um, that we would realize that we need each other. We need yeah, the and I think I think we also need to understand what true power is. I, I think we have failed to understand power. God has all power. 
or so we say we believe. But yet God does not exert that power to destroy. God exerts that power to to bless, <laughs> as we say, and to increase and to promote our ability to be more like God. Now, if we really truly were seeking to be more like God, we would be much less abusive to one another. Because when you when you really examine things on face value, God could have destroyed the whole planet because none of us have really lived up to our potential. In other words, possibilities that God has placed within us. And God could have done as the potter does and throw the clay away when it doesn't shape up like we think or God thinks we should. God has the power, but God utilizes that power to empower us, to share power. And this is what we're called to be, more like God, learning to share power. In other words, learning to share the, the, the possibilities and the potential that we possess with one another. Because for whatever we achieve in life, if we have not reached out and reached down to lift and to expand uh, the horizons for one another, then we have not, we have not made good use of the power that God has I agree with you 100%, and I want to end our podcast today with just a little bit of sound from what other than this. from the Lion King Circle of Life. From the day we arrive on the planet and blinking step into the sun There is this circle Just a reminder There can never be seen More to do Than can never Thank you, Dr. Hayes, for everything. Thank you, Dr. Cooper. It's been good. It's been good. And we'll end it. It has been a privilege, a pleasure, and an honor to have you join in with us today. Remember that everything will be all right. Until we meet again, stay safe and well.